Slightly Scary Podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Savannah. And we are your ghost hosts. This week, we're talking about witch doctors. Ooh, that was a noise. <laughs> I thought we had a, side, a sound effect. I was going to say a side effect. <laughs> I it's thought fine. we had a side effect. And we have a side effect. Sab, you got the topic summary. You got it. Yes, I do. Oh my gosh. Witch doctors have been around for centuries and many people still associate the term with fear and superstition. But what if we dig deeper and look at the history behind it? Some historians claim that witch doctors were the first physicians and some of their potions may have even formed the basis of modern medicine. From diviners to voodoo doctors and herbalists, let's explore it together in this week's podcast episode. I'm stoked about this. I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Before we get into that, all that juice, I have some announcements I have to make. Is that okay, Sav? Yes, absolutely. Take it away. Okay. First off, we have a Facebook page, everybody. That was my drum roll. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Instead of just being beating. (laughs) Um, so if Twitter's not your thing, if you're like eh, on Instagram, you're not on TikTok, we're on Facebook. So go give us a like, go follow our page. Um, it's just slightly scary podcast. Y'all know about it. Um, and then, you know, we post like we do on Instagram for the episode. Like if it has pictures associated with it, I'm going to be posting on, um, the pictures on that platform too. So you can follow along in the episode and get even more of the heebie jeebies. And Savannah's a lot more familiar with Facebook. So she's going to be jumping on the platform as well. I feel like such a like grandma when I'm like, I'm experienced with Facebook. Like I know <laughs> it's not supposed to be as relevant. However, I feel like it is because I don't know how to Twitter. Twitter is scary. It's a scary it's space, scary especially right now with mm-hmm. all the changes with Mr. Musk going on. Mr. Musk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Zach's Twitter game is horde. It's so good. Mine's What's not. Horde mean. It goes hard. Like it's oh. it's great. It's a, he's great at Twitter. Is that the um, term the kids use? That's just a term I use just for funsies because <laughs> it sounds fun coming out of my mouth. So. That's so fun. <laughs> you know, you were the first person I heard absolutely from. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Thank you. There's absolutely, there's for sharks, and there's mm-hmm. dolphinately. And I think I got those from my sister, Sarah. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> I don't know. I've been saying that for so long. So that's announcement number one. Okay. Announcement number two. Y'all, I was wrong. And I'm not afraid to own up to my mistakes. Okay. Last episode, I said that my friend Andrew lived in Anderson, Indiana. And that was just wrong. <laughs> that's our announcement (laughs) yes i don't know how tired i was during that episode but he does not he did not live in anderson indiana nor did he work in anderson indiana nor is there a hot dog place called arnie's in anderson indiana (laughs) i just made all that up my friend emily used to work in anderson indiana which was my association and they're dating so i guess i lumped them together somehow in that way so apologies to andrew and emily for getting (laughs) your intimate details of your life wrong (laughs) i'm glad that someone's paying attention i like it was hilarious because you had sent me the episode the morning to post it 
And I always like, as soon as I wake up, I like check my email and then I turn it on as like while I'm laying in bed and I was listening to it and it got to that part where I was like, oh yeah, my friend Andrew used to live in Anderson, Indiana. And I shot up out of bed and I was like, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) And I like text Zach and I was like, I, am I a bad person for this? He's like, no, you're not. It's fine. so it was a whole thing i'm glad that that haunted you enough to where we had to make an announcement about it and correct our mistakes because we are not afraid to correct anything that we need to and i love that that was a personal thing that we needed to do yeah we need to make the wrongs right yes yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely if you will um (laughs) so i knew nothing about witch doctors going into this episode besides the fact that they are tied to new orleans Mm-hmm. did you know anything about it previous to this episode i have only ever heard of a witch doctor before this episode um from alvin and the chipmunks because they sang brum, brum, brum. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only association i had with them i know i knew nothing about them i didn't know there was different departments i didn't either and yeah and there's been some really crazy instance of voodoo which i know we've talked about it in our zombie episode um mm-hmm. shit's whack <laughs> shit is whack shit's whack <laughs> this stuff's scary dude i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna share like at least three or four little instances of voodoo but it's gonna be like holy mother of god because i feel like this episode's a lot more history and like definitions mm-hmm. but then we're gonna get to the end of it and it's gonna be like wow i'm gonna leave you on a dark note that's whenever you turn down the lights and you turn up the podcast that spooks you. <laughs> I want to say that song is one of the best Halloween songs ever. It is. It, is, it goes so hard for no reason. I would put it with um, Purple People Eater. I'd put yeah. it up there. Absolutely. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes Thriller, Purple People Eater, Witch Doctor. Do you think Thriller is the best Halloween song? I'm playing it at my wedding. <laughs> Are you for real? Yes. Are we doing the dance? My... Yeah, I want to learn it so that I can do it. We need Anna Fickner to come and teach us. Sorry, oh, not Anna Fickner gosh. anymore. We need Anna to come and teach us how to do it mm-hmm. so we can do it at my wedding. Okay. I want it to be like a breakout dance, you know? Like yeah. Like one of the flash mobs. Yes, the flash mob. Like half of the audience knows what we're doing and we get up and we perform. Okay, so half of the invitations that I send out will have a secret message that people have to, (laughs) oh no, I'll send out all invitations with a secret message and those that can decode the secret message have to learn the thriller dance and when it comes on, they do it. It'll be a whole thing. Like the hint at the bottom of it is like, the thrills you seek are at my wedding, see? And then people are like, what's that mean? But then only the elite the elite will know that we're actually doing the thriller dance and it's hosted by Anna Ubor. <laughs> you sounded wedding. like a leprechaun giving somebody like a little, a little, this is my rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> no, my rainbow spritz you seek. That was amazing. I know. Um, but I do want to say, tying it. <laughs> You reel it back in. Uh, we chose this episode because Mardi Gras is happening soon. So we wanted to tie a little bit to New Orleans, the voodoo magic that happens there in celebration for Mardi Gras that uh, begins February 21st. Yeah, we could have done a whole episode on New Orleans customs, 
traditions, scary stuff that's happened there. Klaus um, Michelson. What? Klaus Michelson. What's that? I'm sorry. I thought you were a Vampire Diaries fan. I am a Vampire Diaries Cla- Klaus? Oh, that's what you're saying? Yes. With your mouth? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what the, word, the first word you had said. Is his last name Michelson? No, it is Michelson, but I, was, okay. I didn't know what you were saying at first. It sounded like a noise. I said, you're like you're not even a real fan you need to calm down get off here you're fired no never i would never fire you let's let's stop joking right there oh my god let's just get into it let's dive in are you ready to dive in i'm ready to dive in History mentions of witch doctors are commonly found in early African literature. In general terms, the reference kind of applies to early folk medicine practitioners worldwide. Um, in various parts of the world, early medical practitioners might have been referred to as shamans, healers, or wise men and women. Do any of those sound familiar? Shamans, like, well, I've heard healers before, but like shaman sounds really familiar. I just can't place it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I've heard it before. You know, just like a wise um, healer of a community, a village, a certain geographical area. Like, I, I'm I, picturing um, Avatar, <laughs> the the older woman. Is she called a shaman? Yes, I think so. See, that's exactly what I would picture too. But the wise men, I've only heard from like the Bible. Yes, I agree. haven't heard of wise women. And that's so sexist and non-feminist of me to never heard of a wise woman. <laughs> um, but wise men I've heard um, in the religious sense um, that came and like gave Jesus herbs. Right. That's yeah. What they gave him like they gave him. They myrrh. said frankincense. Myrrh. myrrh. Yeah. Didn't they give him gold? <laughs> they gave him what? Gold. Did they give him gold? They gave him a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed whenever I said it, so it kind of came out as cold. Yeah. Gold. But yeah. they also gave him mur- murder. <laughs> I don't even know what mur is. A fragrant gum resin obtained from certain trees and used especially in the Near East in perfumey medicines and incense. That's fun. Mm. Frankincense is an aromatic resin used in incense and perfumes is that what you put on the bottom of your feet you do cedar wood on one foot and then it's either clary sage on the other foot and it helps you fall asleep anybody who has those two essential oils seriously if you have trouble sleeping would recommend that remedy it's so helpful i'm glad that we're just bringing in all the facts for this episode i feel like it's the right episode to do it right right and that's like exactly how witch doctors and folk healers are like described in history is like the people that would have known about the oils and the different things that help us. It's more of um, that Eastern medicine type than like the Western medicine that we know is very popular in America. Um, But other medical practices like that, like that's what I associate with folk healers in ancient history, especially in small towns and villages, a witch doctor is often the only medical practitioner available. So it's like the only person you can go to in the mm-hmm. entire village. Um, they helped with childbirth, tooth extractions, and medical emergencies, which 
don't really know what was going on then. Probably some scary hunting stuff or I don't even know. Tooth I imagine stuff? that'd be scary. That's I oh I couldn't <laughs> imagine. I watched this um I watched The Exorcist. I watched it. The new one or the old one? The old one with Ed Batustak. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> he was Ed in Batustak it. He starred in the, the show. <laughs> um he said hey, why don't you guys come over and watch this movie? And I was like, okay. Um, and it, the scariest part of the movie was the medical procedures from mm-hmm. the 70s. Mm-hmm. Horrific. Oh, mm-hmm. just awful. So I couldn't even imagine what this would be like. My getting goodness. Your, going through childbirth without an epidural or like oh. going, getting your tooth pulled out. Just like, no, really no, Mm-mm. yeah, no mm-hmm. way. They probably used, I imagine clove was what they used to numb the teeth. I don't know. To extract a tooth. But the, the those would be, be the little, those would be the people that know. Um when their healings failed, they commonly blame the failure of the displeasure of the gods or the unworthiness mm. of the patient. <gasps> oh my gosh. Imagine getting your tooth pulled out and then it's like there's an infection that forms and they're like yes. you're unworthy. <laughs> you're unworthy of this treatment. <laughs> They were able to maintain stature, even though their treatments were often unsuccessful. So, like, they could just blame it on the gods being unhappy or the person just being unworthy when things did not work out. They were just like, you're just a bad person. Like, there's they, like, nothing to help the wrong, you. They amputated the wrong foot. And they're like, mm, gods just didn't want it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, in order to perform rites of healing, the witch doctors frequently required payment in form of food, weapons, or other valuables maybe a tooth um in many cases a sacrifice was required to be made to the gods wow yes and typically in the form of a slaughtered animal um so the value of the sacrifice kind of weighed in like the nature of the illness so if you had something small going on like your tooth hurts or you have a headache um Mm -hmm. you could sacrifice a small animal like a rabbit or mouse like compared to a more serious illness like i don't even know what was more serious back then like amputation tuberculosis oh Um, they would require a large animal (laughs) like a lamb or a deer so imagine being like on your deathbed and then you have to go find a lamb so that they they could take care of you that's why you have i don't want to sound sexist but that's why they had sons so that the sons could go find the deer Because women weren't allowed to do that stuff, Savannah. And that's why the story of Milan is so important. (laughs) She went out on her own and she forged her way and found a tiny dragon. Okay. She would have survived. She is the founder of feminism. That's a good point. Frequently, the role of the witch doctor was passed down from one generation to another. So your daddy knew it, you knew it. Um, In many villages... They came exclusively from one family tree. So like the Batustacks would be like the only witch doctors for the village. And like, that's right. the only people that could be the witch doctors. Yeah. Um, the most generally they pick their own successor and they be- begin training at a young age. So like, you know, trying to be three or four and assisting with the tooth extraction. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, the success- I don't love that. I don't love that either. I would not want a toddler putting their fingers in my mouth. Mm-hmm. The successor would generally serve as an apprentice until such time as serving the witch doctor was no longer 
you know, carry out his duties. Obviously, like the older a witch doctor was, the more they were considered wise and competent. And then eventually when they croaked, the new person would become like the highest witch doctor and would have his own apprentice. Right. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. Um, The witch doctor held an important and respected position and the villagers generally looked after him until his death. Oh, well, that's nice of them. I know. So... To clarify, earlier before the episode started, you said that they prefer to be called folk healers. Was that something? Can you go into that or will you be going into that a little bit more later? I can't go into that. I There's different sections of being a witch doctor or folk healer. Folk healer is the more general term what I read. Mm -hmm. The terms are interchangeable, but not it's kind of like squares and rectangles, like not all Mm -hmm. um not all folk healers are witch doctors right because there's we're going to be talking about like diviners and herbalists Mm -hmm. and um like voodoo doctors and so not all of them would be considered a witch doctor like a voodoo like witch doctor would be considered compared to like a diviner or a herbalist got it okay right thank you for that clarification you're so welcome almost like i had to like research a little bit for this episode i know (laughs) um so the next like subsection um of witch doctors would be like diviners um under folk healers they're experts in diagnosis um who are called to the profession by their ancestors so like Mm. this would be like somebody calling to you and being like you are a diviner like you were gifted these abilities Um, i'm literally just imagining the lawn in my head like i can't stop picturing it Um, their calling is made manifest by an onset of persistent symptoms, um, which only yield once she or he undergoes formal initiation. Um, to do mm. so, the person becomes an apprentice of an established diviner and learns to trance so the ancestors can speak through them. Do you think that's like a form of meditation? Maybe. Because it says trance. So I wonder if like that would be considered meditation and then mm-hmm. like they learn how to like almost hypnotize themselves yeah and like just become like a vessel for these Mm -hmm. voices to come through so interesting yes through divination processes are diverse set routines are followed like the diviner's body can become a vehicle of communication through spirit possession some type of device is employed from like a simple sliding object um just symbolic items and a diviner's basket Mm. um i don't know what a diviner's basket is um a common method involves using divination dice so i included a picture it kind of looks like dungeons and dragons dice if i'm honest so when thrown when the divination dice are thrown to the ground um their combinations reveal specific meanings um divinatory consultations occur in times of crisis when there is an insignificant practical information available to cope with life's hazards um these situations people acquire otherwise inaccessible information by sorry this mouthful generating a shift (laughs) to the contrary paranormal or mode of cognition so basically it's like the dice are thrown they reveal a, a combo of like a specific meaning and these are kind of vague. Um, so it's up to the diviner to kind of piece together some information about what the dice are trying to say um, through the spirits. Okay. Hold up. I was I was 
right earlier. Yeah. So I have oracle cards and they're a type of divination. Yes. Because it's all about like connecting with like those guides and like you pulling cards that they're like guiding you to pull and then you make the connections based off of what the cards are saying. So yeah. the, very similar to the dice. Yes. Okay, Coolio. So the language of divination is cryptic. Um, you know, like it's up for interpretation. Um, so they're translated and discussed. So during this dialogue, the diviner and the client, um, whoever's come in, um, known facts are scrutinized. Um, different perspectives and old elements are reorganized into new arrangements. So like if people believe that they need to pick like certain objects out of this um, diviner's basket. I'm assuming that would be like, let's talk about it. Let's figure out like why you would feel called to pick these things. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was reading about it, it was the dice. That's like, okay, I got a combo of experiencing tragic loss. Someone's trying to connect with you and you're about to go through a hardship. Like, let's talk about it. Diviners indicate the cause of misfortune Locate stolen property, identify witches, and recommend Whoa. specific therapies. Yes. My goodness. They do a lot. They're doing a lot. Sensitivity to the dynamics of personal relationship greatly enhances a diviner's success. So they want to know, like, when a client comes in, like, what their relationships are like. So instead mm-hmm. of, like, how we believe, I don't know, what would be, like, a fortune teller would yeah. be like people automatically assume that they know everything. There's a discussion with a diviner about like how relationships work, like before they do this process. Interesting. Yes. Well, people are often skeptical of these practitioners, most believe the revelations of some diviners are true. Um, and then people often consult multiple diviners, um, especially in cases of suspected witchcraft. That is wild. But like, wouldn't divination be a form of witchcraft itself? That's what I'm thinking because the spirit is moving through you and that's like what scares people. Right. Um, Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. they're going to people that practice witchcraft to try and figure out people that practice witchcraft. That's doesn't add up. Two plus (laughs) two did not equal five. (laughs) Maybe it was just to like get people off of the diviners backs. They're like, no, we find the witchcraft. We're not the witches, though. (laughs) We're going to talk about herbalists. I feel like in a different life, you would have been one. I was just thinking, this is probably, I feel like we're going to read this and be like, Cheryl, my mom, for those who, for listeners, my mom's name is Cheryl and she loves herbs. (laughs) This one's for Cheryl. Um, Herbalists undergo a more extensive apprenticeship. They have a vast knowledge of flora and fauna. Um, Early in the 20th century, I'm not going to pronounce this right. Shona healers used 500 different plants and also parts of animals, birds, insects, snakes, and fish. Wow. Yeah. Herbalists deal with a wide range of medical, psychological, and social problems. Many therapies are based on practical knowledge gained through experimentation. Um, Southern African herbalists apply milk of the euphorbia to draw out deep lying thorns and wood splints for broken limbs. Wow, that's my goodness. I know. They remove um, ritual pollution through bloodletting, anemas, and emetics. I don't know what emetics is. I don't know either. Vomiting. Ooh. Mm -hmm. 
Um, other therapies follow the logic of symbolic association, like parts of scorpions are used to heal scorpion stings and trees with lumps on its trunk treat patients with mumps. What? Yes. I need to remember that for the future. <laughs> Medicine, when I get mumps. <laughs> when you get mumps. Is mumps like a thing that happened and now it's extinct? No, mumps still happen. Mumps still happens. Yeah. So it's not like tuberculosis? Tuberculosis, people still get that. Don't tell me that. That's <laughs> People um, still get TB? I Yes. What was the disease How? eradicated? Hold on. Eradicated. I thought TB was eradicated. No. Oh, God. What was it? Was it smallpox? What was eradicated? Is it the measles and the mumps? Those go together, right? <laughs> yes, but They're... we still get measles and mumps. That's, yes. Yeah, I wasn't saying those were eradicated. My bad. I should have clarified. I just, um, there's smallpox. This... And smallpox is eradicated. And, yes, and rinderpest. What? is that oh no sounds fun isn't it the we're just measles... like diving in this is a whole google search episode rinder um it's caused by the rinder pest virus which primarily infected cattle and buffalo Ooh. Um, they get fever wounds in the mouth discharge from the nose and eyes and death oh my gosh what are the measles <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would just know. You spent a lot of time in healthcare, so I just figured you would be like the measles are beep 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 beep. No, I didn't go through that class. Um, it's a respiratory droplets. Measles is a it's a rash, dry uh, fever, dry oh. cough, runny nose, and a rash. Interesting. Rubello, rubello, rubello. Okay. Anyways, yes. Yeah, sorry, we got off track. No, that's okay. Medicines not only cure disorders of the body, they also protect babies from illness, ensure good luck, and help workers find employment. I want good luck medicines. I know. These sound fun. Um, Folk healers, like I was talking about, like that would be an association of a herbalist would be a folk Mm -hmm. healer. Um, Among the Nindebu of (laughs) Zambia. Aim to heal ruptured social relationships and therapeutic rituals. Patients become the center of social concern. Kin and neighbors are encouraged to confess their feelings of ill will. Can you imagine like, I'm feeling bad. It's like, how does your mom feel about you? And it's like, she sucks. And then like, that's what some of the folk healers would like understand that. And like events are related to like cosmological frameworks. Like they just take all of your relationships all the ill will that people have spoken about you and they just kind of figure out what's going on in the cosmos like what's going on with you spiritually they're like Um, astrological therapists yes interesting zimbabwe yeah i know i love it too it's so fun zimbabwean healers appease the spirits of a murdered man for example by negotiating with the family of the murderer to pay a fine of cattle or a young woman in compensation for his death. Okay, no young woman should be used as compensation, FYI, anybody yeah. who's listening. No, I just wanted to go ahead and let you know that one. That one was yeah. fun to read. That is good job, Zimbabwe healers. <laughs> I feel like you, you did it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you ready to get into the more like stereotypically known of the witch doctor slash folk healer? Yes, I am. Let's talk about voodoo doctors. 
I am spooked. <laughs> I um, love voodoo. I, I don't practice voodoo. Um, for those who are wondering, I'm not a voodoo in any way, but fascinated by it. And I remember you had a voodoo doll in your car. Yeah, I went to New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to New Orleans twice. And one time whenever I went, I think me, my mom and my sisters all got like these little voodoo dolls from a shop. Very adorable love them and then we the one that my mom had can't remember her name but we played this game in our family where she got passed around when we would when we would all be together we would sneak it in somebody's purse or we would you know slip it like if we were over veronica's house we'd you know tuck it away on a shelf or something and then they just magically find it and then they have to like hide it in the next person's belongings. It was really fun. I had it for years um, because I forgot about it. So <laughs> it took me a while to get rid of it. I, I might still have it. I can't remember if we gave it away. So did, did it make it to Indy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. I forgot her name. Two years of a... Yeah. Not knowing. It was, it was probably three years I had her. Um, it was a long time and I feel very apologetic for it. Uh, but yes, I had a voodoo doll. I still have a voodoo doll. The one that you are familiar with is still hanging up in my car because she reminds me of my mom. She's cute. She's my hippie voodoo doll. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, we're about to get into some non-sweet stuff. Oh no. (laughs) Some of it's fun. Um, voodoo is a religious belief and a practice set out of Western Africa or more specifically Haiti. Um, voodoo traditions use spirituality to incite magical powers from an unknown supreme being called bandai bandai is the supreme creator god in the african religion of haitian voodoo um he's generally considered the equivalent of like a more commonly known in like western parts of the world as like the christian god right um or the judeo god A voodoo doctor or witch doctor is considered a type of spiritual or magical healer. They practice a form of witchcraft that is typically specific to their personal region or ethnic origin, such as Haitian voodoo, Louisiana voodoo, or Cuban centuria. The healing of a witch doctor is considered holy and far more pure than anything that contemporary medicine has to offer. Sometimes that. Sometimes you will see a witch doctor referred to as a priest or priestess of voodoo to empathize the religious and spiritual aspect of such practices. I was going to Marie. Hold on. Marie Laveau. Yes. She is uh, one of the more known high priestess of voodoo. Yes. There um, were actually two Marie Laveaux. Was there really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There. Um, I listened to a couple of podcasts on it and they i can't really remember exactly what it was i feel like i should know because i listened to it like literally three weeks ago um but there were two marie laveau suspected you cannot find a lot of accurate information about marie laveau it it has something to do with like the facts of when she was born don't align with the fact like that what's written on her gravestone I think this is all very like, I might be very wrong about this, everybody. Um, But that's why I think historians have concluded that there were two Marie Laveaux. There's just like facts that don't align um, that's led them to speculate that. I think, big asterisk. 
Um, I got that from the New Orleans Voodoo Museum website um, mm-hmm. from her years of living being from 1794 to 1881. That's a long time for that century. So, I mean, that would make sense that there's two of them. Yeah, it's over 100 years old, right? No, not... 1791 to what? 1794 to 1881. Oh, no, that's not... I don't know why I thought you said 1770-something to 1880-something. Um, oh, probably had a brain fart. I did have a brain fart. I. Um, But yeah, there, there was just some facts. I'll have to go back and listen to those podcasts and like, you know refresh my memory but there's something that doesn't align to where it led people to speculate that there's two marie Laveaux. Mm. have you ever heard of dr john no who's he, he? one of the most famous voodoo kings of new orleans um oh gosh also known as bayou john um he also was born... known as um princess and the frog voodoo <laughs> guy right? <laughs> sorry a lot guy? of disney this episode yeah i know we need a sponsorship. Um, he was born in Senegal, where he was kidnapped as a slave and brought to Cuba. Um, he so was, was a Cuban voodoo, and he was brought to Cuba How from Senegal. Was... Oh, where's Senegal? West Africa. Okay, got it. Um, he was the teacher of Marie Laveau. Oh, neat. Oh, mm-hmm. he was. I, like I should know that based he... off of listening to podcasts, but. Bought property on Bayou Road and became known as an excellent healer in voodoo and fortune telling. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, they even have a St. John's Eve. It's celebrated on June 23rd. Um, wow. It's a celebration in New Orleans each year. The celebration began in the 1830s um, with Marie Laveau on Bayou St. John. A head washing ritual was combined with a public party. Um so you can um, go to New Orleans and participate in the ritual every year. That's so fun. Anybody who, any of our listeners, if you've ever done that or plan to do that, let us know how it goes. The role of the voodoo or witch doctor is a guide um, believers is to guide believers through the process of healing and cleansing for any given afflictions, blessing them by the sacred powers of voodoo. Um, synonymous with New Orleans, voodoo first came to Louisiana with enslaved West Africans who emerged their religious um, rituals and practices with those of the local Catholic population. Um, New Orleans voodoo is also known as voodoo Catholicism. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a religion connected to nature, spirits, and ancestors. Voodoo was bolstered with followers fleeing Haiti after the 1791 slave revolt moved to new orleans and grew as many free people of color made its practice an important part of their culture um voodoo queens and kings were spiritual political figures in the 1980s new orleans um the core belief yeah um core belief of new orleans voodoo is that one god does not interfere in daily lives but the spirits do and you can get connections to those spirits through various rituals such as dance music chanting and snakes oh okay i know i don't know how to pronounce this it's um is it grigri dolls i feel like that's more accurate than me saying gris gris dolls (laughs) Um, okay. Today, Grigri dolls, potions, and talismans are still found in stores and homes throughout the city. A reminder of New Orleans' fascination with spirits, magic, and mystery. 
Voodoo mm-hmm. practices include reading, spiritual baths, prayer, and personal ceremony. It is used to cure anxiety, addictions, and feelings of depression or loneliness, as well as help the poor, hungry, and sick. Well, that's nice. It is They're nice. doing good with it. I like it. I know. But also with voodoo, we know about the maybe more negative connotation with it, such as voodoo dolls, like inflicting pain on other people. Um, We talked about your story in the zombie episode about how the different potions were used um, with voodoo to bring somebody back to life. Yeah. If you all haven't listened to our zombie episode, it's one of our first episodes, maybe episode four. My gosh, it seems so long. Maybe ago. three. Yeah, it was really, really <laughs> early. Um, so yeah, we're on episode like this is 25. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I know. So go back and listen to it. It's great. It is fascinating the way that there are real life instances of zombies. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna talk about some not so fun parts of voodoo. Okay, or- tell me about it. It's 10. 10- Stories of criminals who invoked voodoo to commit heinous crimes. Criminals? Yeah. My goodness. Yes. The curse of Julia Brown, the voodoo priestess of Manchok Swamp. Um, in the early 20th century, Julia Brown was a local healer, a magic practitioner in Frainer, Louisiana. She traveled to all different parts of the state to perform rituals for people, and she was known for her magic touch. Unfortunately, the people began to take advantage of her, demanding that she help them um, until she began fighting back. Yeah. Though she seemed disrespectful and ungrateful, would be given terrifying predictions or she would curse them. Um, In the last few weeks. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. So she would curse them on purpose. Yes. So that we'd leave her alone. Yeah. Or like give terrifying predictions good for her yeah both because she was getting fed up she's like screw these Mm -hmm. people yeah good for her stand your ground girl (laughs) in the last few weeks before her death in 1915 brown would sing her curse for the town of frainer to herself over and over one day i'm gonna die and take all of you with me (gasps) Mm -hmm. her her passing came as she predicted and the whole town went to her funeral to pay their respects out of fear as they began Ooh. to nail Brown's coffins shut, a devastating hurricane tore through the village. <gasps> mm-hmm. It killed everybody but two people. Dude. Yeah, just as the priestess had promised, the town died with her. I mean, mm-hmm. people were on her ass. Mm-hmm. Brown's- what are you going to do? <laughs> her curse still lives on. Ooh, what do you mean? People have tried to rebuild there and they can't. No luck. They've tried to rebuild where? On her that grave town. site? Oh, no. Oh. The town. Yeah. And they can't? Why Why can't they? Like Hurricanes, flooding. They can't do really? it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Get a girl. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's see. A voodoo curse allegedly drove a 14-year-old to murder his little sister. No. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. Okay, tell me more. I'm scared. Um, Ronald Eric Salazar said, um, when asked to explain the the brutal murder of his 11-year-old sister, Marina Estefani Salazar, in 2005, he was 14, Um, he blamed two armed men for his sister's death, and then he later confessed 
Um, he claimed that he had inherited an old voodoo curse from his father once before he left the United States in 1991. Um, the boy was left behind with his grandparents and his father's curse. Um, and he brought the, he then had the curse and it drove him to kill his sister. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to determine if you're cursed, Savannah? No, tell me. There is a way with an egg where you can determine if you're cursed. So you fill a clean, clear bowl with blessed water and you say a prayer to like God to help you find the truth um, or whatever higher power you believe in. Um, you take the egg from inside the fridge. You say another prayer that the egg you're holding will absorb any negative energy. And then you place the egg on the top of your head. Roll it from there to the back of your head, down to your neck, around the center of your back to your chest, and then while focusing on the egg, absorbing any negative energy. Once this, like you're done with that, you break the egg and empty its contents inside the bowl of water you've prepared. And then you take notice in any strange pattern. But according to this technique, if you smell the egg that you've just cracked and it's bad, or if the water appears cloudy, then you're under the influence of a dark spell or curse and are holding on to the negative energy from some other means. If the egg yolk takes the shape of an eye, that suggests that you've been affected by the evil eye. If the water of the yolk was poured into bubbles that indicates that the negative energy has been absorbed by external forces and your guardian spirits are already working towards healing you. So that's just a fun thing. If you all think you're cursed, make sure you have an egg in your fridge. That's so wild, dude. I know you can continue. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. No, that is so fascinating. Yeah. I know there's like also a cleanse you can do with your egg too. I thought it had something to do with taking the egg and making a cross on your forehead, but I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Got one more story. Okay. Yay. Um, After Florence Ballou of Brockton, Massachusetts left her abusive husband, John Michael Ballou, he apparently turned to Buble. Buble. Michael Buble. Um, he apparently turned to voodoo and stalking to try to intimidate her. Um, mm-hmm. she filed a police report requesting a restraining order after finding ritual candles on her doorstep late one night. <gasps> yes, and he murdered his wife. Um, <gasps> yes, and then he was arrested the next day. No, yeah, so he tried to use a voodoo ritual to stalk his wife. I don't crazy. like that at all. People just use just use it to like cure loneliness and like depression yeah What's that's all you need other stuff for. yeah why yeah. are you trying to do hexes and curses exactly like just live and let live you know that is what i have on folk healers and witch doctors fascinating honestly <laughs> if you could be any of these if you could be a diviner or a voodoo healer or a herbalist what would you be i think i'd be a herbalist but i actually i have a question for you oh my gosh what is it i'm doing a reflection but i don't know if it would be considered insulting or not so i'm gonna put this disclaimer on here if we keep it in the episode okay so you know how it talked about voodoo being associated with catholicism yes and then you just mentioned the exorcist a little bit ago yeah now i'm scared no but like would you consider um a priest 
to be part of this like a folk healer for like exercising spirits like out of someone's body through a ritual is that offensive I'm just trying to like I don't know if that's offensive I imagine some churches would probably find it offensive because I imagine they don't want to be associated with that Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would because it's like it seems I think one of the key differences is that um in these folk healers they're calling upon spirits mm-hmm. and in Catholicism they're calling upon God. Mm, okay. so I think that might be a key difference in whether they're, you know, witch doctors versus Catholicism doing an exorcist. Okay. Do you think that's a valid point? I feel like that's a very valid point because in voodoo, they, but they said that it's not God interfering with people. It's the spirits. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering with voodoo Catholicism, like what, if someone who had practiced that, like, what would they believe? Like yeah. if that would be true or not? I'm not sure. Um, my dogs have a lot of opinions on that. <laughs> um, but I just didn't know. I thought about like the movie you watched earlier. And then I thought about it as we were talking about voodoo Catholicism. And I was like, I don't know, because that is like to be considered like as a ritual, I would suppose I, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, don't know. but you bring up a valid it, point, but also like, I don't know how factual this is, but in the exorcist, they talked about a lot of Catholic churches will not perform exorcisms. No. Yeah, that is true. It is. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of churches would not associate themselves with that. Maybe a church that does do that, like an exorcism would be open to that like being like oh yeah i think we could fit into that category maybe not i don't know not up to me to decide definitely not it was just an open question i was just like really i was like really i think it's deeply about it yeah what would you rather be would you rather be an herbalist an herbalist oh my gosh yeah also i think the diviners are pretty cool i think Mm -hmm. those are pretty cool especially since i have my oracle cards they're so fun Mm -hmm. um i don't have the hang of them yet but uh, it, it's fascinating to me. Um, so one of those two probably leaning a little bit more into herbalist because I think there's a lot of benefits from like herbs, plants, flowers, vegetables, birds, birds snakes. Oh my gosh. Scorpions. Cats. My cats <laughs> heal me all the time. Um, but I think that that would you call Eastern medicine? Yes, that herbs would be more considered Eastern medicine than like Western medicine or like we go to the hospital and take like a prescription versus yeah, like yeah. I more... think there's so much mm-hmm. to that that mm-hmm. we in the U.S. do not take advantage of. But mm-hmm. and I, you know, my mom has been doing that for years and years and years, like since I was probably in high school. Um, so I, I've learned a lot about that. And I think it's there's so much truth to it and there is like a sort of magic with it too it's like you can heal yourself with plants that's incredible i love that mm-hmm. so that's my hot take <laughs> are those our final final thoughts I, those I, are our final thoughts yeah i very much enjoyed researching this topic because it's such a fun 
thing to learn. And I feel like it's very prevalent even today to learn because there are still folk healers out there doing real work. And I thought this was very fascinating. Yeah. Mad respect to them too, for real. Like what a fascinating thing and good for them for wanting to heal people. You know, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Yep. How well, many, Seth, how many <laughs> days <laughs> until Halloween? <laughs> 267 yes it is um are you gonna do something voodoo for your costume i don't know but you guys got 267 days to figure it out yep that is less than 300 so (laughs) get it together there's 360 days in a year Mm -hmm. 65 what do i know (laughs) 360 that's something you learn in first grade (laughs) i just my mouth goes faster than my mind does. You're fine. We're tired. It's okay. Yeah. Well, if you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Audible, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram at Slightly Scary Pod, Twitter at Slightly Scary 13, TikTok at Slightly Scary Pod, and now Facebook at Slightly Scary Podcast. Until next time, keep it scary. Slightly scary. That's worth a Google. What is myrrh? I'll look up frankincense. Oh, it's definitely not spelled the way I spelled it. <laughs>